Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. As a postscript to our survey of Tudor England and its great transatlantic explorers, let's examine a few of the many references to the period in modern popular culture. Wolf Hall is a 2009 historical novel by English author Hilary Mantel. Set in the period from 1500 to 1535, Wolf Hall is a sympathetic, fictionalized biography documenting the rapid rise to power of Thomas Cromwell in the court of Henry VIII through to the death of Sir Thomas More, followed by Cromwell's success in freeing the king of his marriage to Anne Boleyn. The British television serial adaptation was also a wonderful success. 1988's Shakespeare in Love is a romantic period comedy drama film starring Gwyneth Paltrow, Joseph Fiennes, Jeffrey Rush, Ben Affleck, and Dame Judi Dench as Queen Elizabeth. The Tudor period film depicts a fictional love affair involving playwright William Shakespeare. Several characters are based on historical figures, and many of the characters, lines, and plot devices allude to Shakespeare's plays. The widely acclaimed film prompted the revival of the title of Earl of Wessex. Prince Edward was originally to have been titled Duke of Cambridge following his marriage in 1999, the year after the film's release. However, after watching Shakespeare in Love. He reportedly became attracted to the title of the character played by Colin Firth, and asked his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, to be given the title of Earl of Wessex instead. The Seahawk is a classic 1940 American adventure film that stars a debonair, swashbuckling Errol Flynn as an English privateer who defends Tudor England's interests on the eve of the Spanish Armada. In episodes 32 and 33, I introduce the founder of the Tudors dynasty, King Henry VII, father of the infamous monarch Henry VIII, and grandfather to Gloriana, the Virgin Queen Elizabeth. The Tudors is a must-see historical fiction television series set in 16th-century England. Time is compressed in the series, and many events differ from what actually happened in history. But for pure entertainment and spectacle, this drama delivers on multiple levels. For other Tudor representations on screen, check out the excellent 1960s movie Anne of the Thousand Days, starring Canadian actress Geneviève Bigot and film icon Richard Burton as King Henry VIII. Also, Kate Blanchett successfully took on the role of Queen Elizabeth in two sumptuous major motion pictures. 1998's Elizabeth and 2007's Elizabeth: The Golden Age. The 1986 film Lady Jane, starring a young Helena Bonham Carter as the Nine Days Queen Jane Grey of the House of Tudor, the great-granddaughter of King Henry VII and de facto Queen of England for just over a week in July 1553. The film co-stars Patrick Stewart just prior to joining the Star Trek franchise. Two other versions of Jane Grey's life are the 1936 black and white film Tudor Rose and a recent 2018 docudrama titled England's Forgotten Queen: The Life and Death of Lady Jane Grey. I really enjoyed the excellent 2013 documentary Henry VII: Winter King, 
which turned out to be an hour well spent. While Lucy Worsley's Royal Myths and Secrets TV series presents dynamically fun exposés on Elizabeth, the Warrior Queen, and Henry VIII's Reformation. A Man for All Seasons is a 1966 British biographical drama film based on Robert Bolt's 1960 play of the same name and adapted by the author for cinema. It was directed by Fred Zinnemann, who had previously directed the films High Noon and From Here to Eternity. The film and play, A Man for All Seasons, both depict the final years of Sir Thomas More, the 16th century Lord Chancellor of England who refused both to sign a letter asking Pope Clement VII to annul Henry VIII of England's marriage to Catherine of Aragon and to take an oath of supremacy declaring Henry VIII supreme head of the Church of England. Paul Schofield, who had played Thomas More on stage, also took the role in the film, starring alongside Wendy Hiller, Robert Shaw, Orson Welles, Susanna York, and John Hurt in one of his earliest screen roles. A Man for All Seasons was a critical and box office success. It won the Oscar for Best Picture at the 39th Academy Awards, while the cast and crew won another five, including Best Director and Best Actor. It also won the Golden Globe Award for Best Drama Motion Picture and the BAFTA Awards for Best Film and Best British Film. Charlton Heston starred in a 1988 film version with Vanessa Redgrave and John Gielgud. In 1991, the BBC produced an adaptation of this story for television. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. One person's utopia is another person's dystopia. This has been true throughout history, including when the old world and the new collided starting in the late 15th century. A dystopia, or anti-utopia, is a fictional community or society that is undesirable or frightening. It is often treated as an antonym of utopia, a term that was coined by Sir Thomas More and figures as the title of his best-known work, published in 1516, which created a blueprint for an ideal society with minimal crime, violence, and poverty. Thomas More thus gave us the term utopia in the early 16th century, and 20th century authors have challenged his premise by fictionally creating the dystopia, often characterized by rampant fear or distress, tyrannical governments, environmental disaster, or other characteristics associated with a cataclysmic decline in society. Translated into English by martyred Protestant reformer, Tudor scholar, and linguist William Tyndale, the Bible is the most significant book in the Western canon 
It's also the book upon which the post-antiquity Western civilization was built upon, including the exploring and settlement of North America by European nations. In episodes 36 to 39, we delve into the origins of this immensely important and influential book, which inspired early generations of men and women to cross a perilous ocean with their few belongings, hopes, dreams, and determination. They traveled to the shores of North America for various reasons, including economic opportunity, underemployment in their countries of origin, and a desire to escape political oppression. Although modern North America is now populated by adherents to all of the world's religions, as well as secular atheists and agnostics, one should never underestimate the key role played by the Bible in the early Judeo-Christian foundation and later development of the continent's post-contact period. Recent episodes of my podcast and videocast introduced Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand of Spain, royal parents to Henry VIII's first wife. To learn more about their daughter, Catherine of Aragon, savor the exquisite historical drama television limited series, The Spanish Princess, based on the books of Philippa Gregory. There is a contentious but persistent belief that the classic tune Greensleeves was composed by Henry VIII for his lover and future queen consort Anne Boleyn, Elizabeth's doomed mother. Boleyn allegedly rejected King Henry's attempts to seduce her, and this rejection may be referred to in the sentimental ballad when the writer's love cast me off discourteously. Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously for I have The glorious era that was Tudor England helped shape the early exploration and colonization of the North American continent. Join me next time as our sweeping historical saga of the United States, Canada, and Mexico, from their deep origins to our present epoch, moves ahead into the 1600s, a new century of exciting, fascinating epic tales and journeys, focusing on the compelling, wonderful, and tragic stories of North America's inhabitants, heroes, villains, leaders, environment, and geography. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss 
Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605. 